From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer, episode 12. It's a, a up all night uh, special <laughs> special edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer. I am your host, uh, Hector Cano, along with uh, Coach Rafa, Rafa Castorena. Coach, how are you? Pretty good. Just up late, um, especially from the last, especially because of the last game. We uh we yeah we appreciate you staying up with us. We know this is a couple hours past your uh, past your bedtime, so thank you, thank you for <laughs> being up with us. But uh, yeah, I mean it's Friday evening. It's uh it's the last <clears throat> it's the last weekend in in the Texas high school soccer season. So we know nobody's asleep, and uh, I can promise you, I know the uh, the people of uh, Dripping Springs are definitely not asleep right now, right? So uh, so yeah, so uh, congratulations to them. We'll get to that more uh, this evening. Uh, but before before we jump in, before we get started, again, we want to remind you, we are powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997, located locally here in the San Antonio area. You can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA, as well as their website at collegepromotersusa.com. All right. Thoughts on uh, the chaos that was today, Coach? A lot of, I don't know if we call it quite chaos, but it was a wild day. You know, we had, <clears throat> excuse me, five matches on the day. Three of the, it was definitely our most uh, kind of off the wall day, if you will. Three of the five, um, three of the five go to uh, overtime, double overtime. Three of the four or of the uh, 6A matches that started today go to double overtime, and then we get our first match that goes to uh, to penalties of the tournament, uh, of the state tournament, I should say. Thoughts uh, thoughts on today overall in general? I, I think that's something we maybe we're expected because I know in the past a lot of the 6As you end up, those are one of your closer, more, more competitive grind-out games. Uh, we saw it last year. Like I said, same, it's the same thing this year. Uh, but it was a good day, you know, some surprises, um, you know, and especially one, one prediction I made about one team that they're, they're, they're the, the kryptonite <laughs> that they had <laughs> playing certain teams from certain areas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, you know, you mentioned about the undefeated, uh, those undefeated teams still <laughs> having some trouble like, advancing to the finals. So, yeah, I guess, yeah. you know. Yeah, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, uh, crazy day, fun day, wild day. I don't know what the, quite what to call it. Not totally chaotic, but uh, it had a potential to kind of be completely upside down there for a little bit too. Uh, especially when we got to six A, because we knew we knew there was definitely going to be some fun that took place there and some some kind of surprising, eye opening results as well. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and we're going to start. So again, we had five matches on the day, five matches on the day. It's uh, we started off with the six A six A girls uh, Paro semifinals, four A boys semifinal was the third match of the day, and then our evening matches games four and five were the six A boys semifinals. 
But we're going to go ahead and start up. We're going to highlight the uh, 4A boys final. We're going to start with what ended up being game three on the day. 4A boys final was game again, game three on the day. He thought this one was, I think, the fi- maybe, I don't know, maybe the final score or the way the match played out was really surprising to some people. Uh, but Hidalgo three, Palestine zero. Uh, Reynaldo, uh, Reynaldo Cantu is uh, named the MVP. He had two two goals, I believe, two of the three, including two one, beautiful goals. one wicked, one wicked free kick, one wicked set piece. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they, and those three goals came in the matter of what I think it was the, the first 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was just something that, Pal- you know, Palestine had never been down, you know, multiple goals this entire season. And they found themselves down three in 15 minutes. And it was just it was a little too much for them to overcome on the day. And Hidalgo cruised from there. Thoughts on this one, Coach? Yeah, it's like what we spoke last night. You know, I think for me, I felt Hidalgo was more of the battle-tested team. I know Palestine, like I said, they had the great great season, great record. And I know they beat two quality teams like in Salina and, mm-hmm. and Kilgore, but if you kind of look at the schedule with with what Hidalgo's done, and even like if you look at San Eli too, you know what they did too as far as who they played, I, and I my gut feeling was you know is this going to be a repeat for them again? Because uh, they've had trouble playing teams you know from you know from the border, and, and like I said, they I don't, they've they've had some setbacks. And why do you think that is? Why 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 them? In I, why them in particular with that region? Why do you think that is? I think a thing a lot has to do is who they play and the system will play. If you, you know, you've me look kind of looking back with Palestine, who they've played, and you saw some games that they won like double digits. There's one they won 24 0, but those were against teams that just barely started their programs or just still new or not have maybe not enough of, of, of skill of skill-wise players or club players. Mm-hmm. And to me, and I've, and I've often, like I've even mentioned this to Harry, to even some of the local, some local San Antonio teams, you know, you got to play tough teams to get you prepared. And, you know, if you look at Bernie, you look at Alu, look at San Eli, they don't shy away of playing some teams higher than them. You know, like f- the five A's or six. Well, if you take a look at so like the Salina girls, they beat up on some six A teams. So you're you're battle tested, and you know you you face some adversity early on. So and you learn from those games. So when you get to these situations like this, you know how to kind of turn, you know how to turn up the switch and get it going. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe that's something. And I noticed in the last few times that they played teams from the valley, and even watching this game, I can tell the they've had trouble stopping you know a lot of the possession. And and they were very confused as far as you know who who to defend so forth and they just weren't you know like, like they were you know they weren't meshing in the back well and they weren't you know, there wasn't much communication to kind of settle things down and and they, like I said it was like kind of like quicksand for them they just couldn't recover from the first initial goal because ever since that first goal it, it, for them it just went downhill they just really couldn't they didn't really threaten. Hidalgo right. on the attacking side of the field. So to me, like I said, Hidalgo, if you look at who they play, I mean, they play some of the, one of the, those top Valley teams, you know, those five teams like Porter, uh, like Sherry land, who was in the, you know, in the, 
in the state semifinal. You got the you got Brownsburg, Nevada, Brims Memorial, you know. So they're playing quality teams down there. And I don't see that with, with Palestine. And maybe that's something they need to relook at is say, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to travel west to the Metroplex and play some some of these teams to get us ready for these situations. And and you can tell, and it's not a knock on Palestine because I said they're a very talented team for them to get right. to this far, you know. But sometimes you need you yeah, you learn from this and you say, okay, what's missing? What do we need to do to take that next step? Mm-hmm. And I think that next step is playing more quality teams. You know, if you know your district is weak, you know, they're not, you know, it's not that strong. You got to go out and play teams. And, and like I said, if you look at Salina, the, Salina's dish is not that very strong. Maybe I think the only team maybe challenge them, maybe Anna. But they went out, went to play team to, uh, quality teams and was the payoff. Like I said, they had a struggle with, you know, with the Bernie girls, but then the end result, they got a blowout win against Stephen. Yeah. I think yeah. Palestine needs to kind of do the same thing. But, you know, kudos to Hidalgo because, like I said, they were real battle-tested. And I think also the team, you know, they two years ago, they got blown out in the regionals. But they, were a lot, they had a lot of quality freshmen, and they've matured. And I think this is kind of like the journey. And finally, this, you know, they're, most of them are all juniors. They had yeah. a good core that, that took, you know, got them to where they're at today. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, there was uh... – it was it, it was interesting how th- how they played out, right? Like I could see, I could see like one scenario that I think we could see was Hidalgo, Hidalgo gradually pulling away, right? But uh, the way they jumped all over them, right? It was it was something that Palestine just couldn't really overcome. It was kind of the shell shock, if you will, and uh, and from there Hidalgo just kind of cruised. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, in- interesting uh, interesting play out, I guess. Uh, I guess the way it played out was, I think, what really got a lot of people um, by surprise. But uh, yeah, again, uh, uh, Reynaldo Cantu is your MVP for uh, <clears throat> for Hidalgo. So, you know, con- as you said, congratulations to Palestine. One thing I did want to mention is some of the, you know, there's different schools of thought. But one of the things that I wanted to share with, co- you know, coaches that are listening out there, too, is some of the data that is coming back that, we're starting to we're starting to kind of see is like yeah you're right you talk about schedule tougher schedule outside of your region maybe go to a tournament but I guess what I would say is some of the data what it's showing us too is be mindful of your non-district schedule particularly tournaments right so it's one thing to schedule tough it's another to overload every and every coach knows their team best right it's particularly the amount of club players that you might have right that and then multi-sport athletes, whatever you got going on. Um, and then of course, just the, the soccer season, right? It, it picks up, <clears throat> it picks up as the fall club season is winding down, but you still have showcases in there. You still have ID camps in there. You still have, you still have student, you, you still have club players that are going to different events as well, back and forth. Um, so part of what the data is showing us is maybe, you know, still schedule, obviously schedule outside of your district, non-district, uh, but maybe take it easy. Maybe don't overload on the tournaments. Maybe don't overload on the tournaments plus the non-district individual matchups matches. Excuse me, as well, because what you're part of what we're seeing is more players that are burnt out, injuries because they just they're piling up, they're piling up, and as we've talked about, the club season just never really seems to relent. You know, it just seems to go further 
it's it's no, it's not really an off season. People talk as if as if club, you know, stops in December and picks up again in February, you you know, February, March, but it really doesn't. It really doesn't. There's um <clears throat> multiple showcase events taking place in December, in January, in February, and then they go right back into league play as well. So on the club side. So um just something I guess something to keep in mind as well as far as when you're scheduling. Yes try to challenge your team, but understand where your team is, right? Um, I think that's a key key principle, something particularly for the younger coaches out there, more established coaches think they're going to have a better idea on the pulse of their team that they have for that particular year. So just some things to keep in mind in terms of just having players that are drained by the time you arrive. The one thing you don't want are players that are obviously injured or just mentally drained and exhausted by the time you arrive to district district play in you know mid to late january early february so uh just a tidbit there but uh <clears throat> back to our 4a boys final again uh congratulations to the palestine wildcats they are the state runner-up phenomenal season great season and big congratulations to the hidalgo pirates they are your 2023 4a boys state champion and uh, as we posted earlier the uh state title stays in uh, region four thoughts on that uh, it just shows that for Region Four boys that we, that, that they have pretty much, uh, you know, this has been then the last three years has been the state champion, and this, this is where the top quality teams. I'm saying the other regions don't have them, but as far as mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you know, uh, just what they have and what they've accomplished shows that they, you know, they've really have taken over or kind of, kind of like what, you know, you know, <laughs> some of the, the DWF, you know, uh, Dallas Fort Worth area for the girls side for 4A, you know, Salina's got a lock on that. And I think the last champions have been from that, from the Dallas area with Merlothian heritage because they won one to Stephenville. So that's the op- opposite side there. But for boys, like I said, 4A has kind of been the hotbed for, you know, for they're here in region four for 4A's boys soccer. So um, it was to say for next year, you know, you know, I think Hidalgo does return a core group. You know, they're probably going to be the, the for especially Region 4 and also the state, the team to beat. We'll see what happens, you know, but I'm sure there's other, like I said, there are other quality teams I know here in Region 4 that we've seen. You know, mm-hmm. you look at teams like Davenport, you know, I'm sure Bernie will bounce back. Um, some newcomers like that right. Corpus Christian London team. And then, then you have the teams out west, you know, you had your San Ellis, um, you got Diamond Hill Jarvis, you know, full of game short. Um, you know, even the Stephenville boys, they've kind of, they've yeah. have taken some deep runs. And then, you know, like I said, Palestine's been kind of been the kind of the king of the hill there in Region 2. But now they have, like I said, with Salina and Kilgore, you know, like I said, they're, they have yeah. some challenges yeah. there. Yeah. So, but one thing is, I noticed that 4A soccer is starting to really kind of pick up, get a lot better. There are a lot of new teams are popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the thing is, the quality of play is getting better and better each year since, since and, the yeah. inception of 4A. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt for sure. For sure. So, all right. So again, that is the 4A, 4A boys final Hidalgo, <clears throat> excuse me, Hidalgo Pirates are your state champions. And that was also game three on the day. So we wanted to highlight that match first. But uh, going back to the beginning of the day, we wanted to start. So the day started off 930 a.m. again, game one, the 6A girls semifinal number one between Wiley East and Fort Ben Ridge Point. Wiley East came in 28 and 0 on the year. Ford Ben Ridge Point 23 0 and 5. So a pair of undefeated teams. Um, and this one was quite arguably the match of the day, right? Right out of the bat, right out of the gate. 
and we you know we mentioned that 6a started with a bang and this was <clears throat> this was one excuse me uh there ended up being what three lead changes and and a tie and a tie at one point in this match right they were so you know rich point jumps all all over wiley east you know two nil a quick two nil wiley east you know crawls right gets back into it comes back then takes the lead three two and then rich rich point ties it and then overcomes and wins it and in double overtime this one goes into double overtime and it was just it was insane uh really just really entertaining matchup to start the day uh thoughts on this one coach yeah this was was gonna i knew this game was gonna be back and forth like i said i did mention you know i, I thought wally was was gonna be the favorite here uh and if they got in a lead they, you know they would win the win this game but if ridgepoint kind of took kind of flexed their muscle because like i said they've been there they've been here before they were here last year you know they would use that experience to to kind of if they got a lead to maintain and so forth but it, it was like i said back and forth it looked like it was the rich point like i said i got back in time just to kind of see the second half and you know just it was a rich point looked like it, they're going to run away with it and then wiley east you know kudos to them they flipped the switch on them and end up you know taking take end up going taking the lead but they just couldn't hold on to that lead i think they kind of ran out a little a little gas towards the end because bridgepoint just was really relentless on their attack they were pushing 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 right. their speed right. was hurting them um even the play on the outside was really kind of stretching them out and finally they were able to get that equalizer right before the end you know towards the end of the game and then bridgepoint just kind of took over from there and it was able to get the win and, and like i said while Luis just couldn't they just couldn't really muster up anything in that second overtime, you know. I think, I think, like I said, they just had run out of gas. So they gave all they had, kind of yeah. cut through everything into the, into the sink, and just couldn't do, just couldn't get, you know, get that goal. Yeah, and this one was, this one was interesting. Just how it was, <clears throat> I don't know. Two some, I guess you can say in certain aspects, two similar styles. Uh, defensively, there was there was a lot of breakdowns uh, at. At certain points, both of these goalkeepers were playing, you know, were playing uh, very, you know, very strong performances. A couple of center backs in here from uh, from our our guy who's there um, on the beat there, Steve, you know, Coach Steve Sanchez. He was telling us that uh, some defenders, they're playing well, but there was a lot of defensive breakdowns there that were happening in this match. And then also the fact that, um, you know, it was probably those last 20 25 minutes this game was wide open <laughs> this game it was just right of regulation plus then we went in and the overtime part the overtime part was interesting because they went they went into uh they went into they at the end of regulation tied 2-2 they go into overtime first first overtime all wiley east wiley east grabs the lead in within the first 5 minutes and it was just all wiley east and then <clears throat> you're, so you're thinking you're clearly the end of that first overtime period. Wiley East has full momentum. What happens in that first minute? That first minute, Rich Point comes out and ties it. And then so they not only do they tie it in that second overtime, but in a span of what was it? I think five minutes, they get the yeah. game winner as well. So, yeah. So it was a very, very wide open, entertaining back and forth, uh, back and forth matchup. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure that both of the coaches lost a few years off their lives there, but uh, but yeah, it was you know the, the fans definitely won in this one. So seven goals scored in this one. Final ends 
Fort Bend Ridge Point four, Wiley East three in double overtime, and Ridge Point advances to tomorrow's six A final, which we will talk about later. Game two on the day was uh, Flower Mound, Flower Mound, <clears throat> excuse me, Flower Mound Marcus, along with uh, taking on uh, Round Rock Westwood, the Warriors. Marcus comes in, came in twenty four one and one on the year. Westwood thirteen four and eight. Um, this one kind of hard to do in a uh, really in-depth analysis on this one, other than the fact that it was all Marcus, right? All Marcus in control from the start. And, uh, it was just, just tough for Westwood to really get going. Uh, I think they couldn't, I think they had issue, uh, just trouble with their, I think the speed of the game that Marcus plays, I think it's a lot different for what Brown Ruck is accustomed to. Because if you notice, Ron Rick was kind of a, gr a very grinded out, possession heavy team. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of slow the pace, and also you know, their with their goalkeeper being uh, a lethal weapon for them on, on free kicks. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the, and I think Marcus kind of knew, like, hey, we kind of need to limit a lot of the fouls, and you know, that's how Westwood was able to get a lot of some of their goals, and, and they were able to do that. And it was a little kind of beginning, a little even out, a little even kind of. It's kind of back and forth, but then gradually Marcus kind of you know figured them out and started imposing their will and and like I said they took like they, they took that uh, that game speed to a different level that Ron Rock is just like I said just probably not accustomed to and and they and they just rolled from there they just they didn't look back um, once they got I think once they got that second goal it was pretty much over I think Marcus pretty much had things locked in you know they got the third one just to kind of sure things up. Uh, but also kudos to Westwood, you know, for not quitting. You know, they, they still still fought to the end. You know, that's how team, you know, you know, made it this far. You still want to show a good showing. But, you know, got to give it to Marcus. They've kind of – they don't want to squander this opportunity for them, you know, to to get to the get to the final and also try to win it too. So, that I think – and I think Coach Steve mentioned something on on one of our texts is that they look – when they got on the field, they're like they're they're on they're on a mission. They they're all there. It's like they're all business, business right? All business. All business. Yeah. yeah, they're not here to mess around on this and that. This is not a vacation. You know, we're here to kick some butt. So, mm -hmm. and that's and that was the look that they had today. And and, and then they took, like I said, they took a business with that three zero win. Yeah, yeah, they definitely came in ready to go. And and you know, this one had I don't want to say trap game kind of feel to it, but you it was well managed in terms of kudos obviously kudos to their coach and kudos to to the players because this one had the potential to be you could have come in here with this big emotional drop off this big emotional letdown after winning the regional final versus south lake carroll right where you put so much into that against an extremely talented south lake carroll squad where even minus two of their two of their best players they were they were still the favorite right and Marcus emerges victorious on that, and they came ready to go, right? They they came ready ready to play, ready to win, and they did not really um, they they didn't really give Westwood an opportunity to to get their confidence up, right? To find to grow in confidence into the match. So so yeah, I mean it was uh, interesting one. How I guess just how they just controlled it end to end, and they remained patient as and as you said, as they figured them out, and then they kind of took over uh so again that one ends marcus four westwood zero congratulations to the westwood warriors on a great season uh 
but Marcus moves on to to the final big shout out as well. So those four goals they came courtesy of two to Maddie Peterson and the other two to Bella Campos. Big uh, big fan, big supporter of the podcast as well. So congratulations to Bella. Uh, we see you out there. Great job. She's signing the uh, the future uh, Colorado School of Mines commit. She's going to do great things in the RMAC there for them. It's a great program. Great great program. So. So yeah, congrats, <coughs> excuse me, congratulations to Marcus and they will advance and they will face Ridgepoint in the 6A girls final, which we will break down uh, a little bit later. So, all right, game four on the day uh, brought us the, uh, brought us the, uh, the boys, the boys got into the mix, 6A boys joined the, joined the party. Katie Seven Lakes comes in, came in 26-1-1 on the year versus the boogeyman, right? The, the boogeyman themselves, the, the Kukui, Garland Saxe, 21-6 on the year. And this game kind of started and played out to a big extent the way we the way we kind of thought it, it was going to, right? As talented as Katie Seven Lakes is, is this gar this sexy team is just relentless, right? Yeah, I mean this was the this was a tricky game to kind of like predict and so forth because of what Saski's done, like I said, they've been the boogie man there for region two. They've been surprising people and and but they've been but but they've been quality wins. Uh seven lakes, like I said, you know, towards the end, like I said, it became like I said, the number one team in the state and the clear clear the clear favorite. But I'm sure on the back of their mind, it's like, you know, we're running into a team that could that can go toe-to-toe with us. And you know, so seven lakes, you know, I was able to open the scoring. Looked like they were kind of maybe looked at maybe add another one, but Sasky and found a way right before the end of the second half and able to 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 equalize and I think that I think little opened the eyes of Seven Lakes like oh oh are we gonna be the next victim here and it goes to overtime and and then kudos to Seven Lakes they kept their composure and you know they could have fell apart yeah. because I think teams you know when Sasky's kind of gun on them. Teams that fell apart and Saskia's pretty much got a stranglehold and and end up winning those games, mm-hmm. but they kept their you know they kept their you know, cool and they're able to get the, the the winning goal in overtime and 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 hold and hold on and and like I said it was probably one of the, like I said one of the top you know top out of the games one of the, probably in the top two because it was mm-hmm. just you know it was it was exciting it was back and forth very, um, very fun match some, very fun match lot, yeah. lots of cards too so it was a it was a physical <laughs> game too so. Um, and this one was maybe collectively, I would say this one was maybe where I saw the best goalkeeping play between both of these. Mm-hmm. I, they were both goalkeepers, you know, should get a round of applause because they were they were playing exceptionally well. And, you know, as you said, the interesting part of this, you know, uh, Katie in regulation, Seven Lakes, they hit they hit the crossbar twice. Right. Yeah. And, and what I thought was were going to be like definite goals and they hit the crossbar crossbar and it goes in this awkward angle straight mm-hmm. down and out right which is the the odd one which we occasionally see and uh so then and then the game is tight right and this is late in the second half and then you start to wonder it's like oh man this could it be sexy after all could it you know because they could at that point you could you could make the argument that you know seven lakes should have already been up three to one and uh and then next thing you know games in overtime game goes into uh, overtime and then Seven Lakes finally figures it out. And uh, but yes, still a very entertaining game. You could never really count out Saxy until until there was no time left on the clock. 
So this one ends uh, again in double overtime. This was our second double overtime match of the day. Katie Seven Lakes three, Garland Saxe one. Seven Lakes advances to tomorrow's 6A boys state final. And then our final match of the day, game five, the one that just ended, what, about uh, about 40 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago? <clears throat> it was our third ma- third double overtime match of the day, and our first what ended up being our first pet match that goes to penalties of the state tournament. Dripping Springs and Allen tied at one at the end of both regulation and overtime. Dripping Springs wins it in penalties five to three and will advance to tomorrow's state final versus Katie seven lakes thoughts on this one coach uh clearly like i said alan was the favorite like i said you look at record wise and alan had like i said they've they've won some some close ones you know like i said like that one against urban they were able to cut you know get them to the overtime game and, and win um yeah. so they beat some good quality teams and especially even during the regular season uh but also kudos to like Dripping Springs, you know, for being a fourth place team to, you know, to come out of nowhere and get a hot at the right time and and knock off some good teams in Region Four and 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 make it here. So it, it was gonna be it was gonna be a fun game because also you also look realize that Dripping Springs made the final last year as a five A, so they had the, they had experience. So which Allen d- didn't have as when it to these type of games. So it was gonna be an interesting chess match here. Who's really going to impose their will uh, early on? Yet, uh, Allen, you know, right from the start, kind of get on them right away. Like I said, they're able to find it a breakthrough, got a great goal. Um, but they just kept, they were just unlucky. They just couldn't get any, a, a second one, uh, just missed opportunities. And then that kind of, you know, if you keep Dripping Springs and hanging around, the more likely they're going to bite you in the butt. And, and that one play, that goal they scored. Great play on that little cross. It was a, mm-hmm. and the guy was, you know, they were able to tap that one in to beat, you know, beat one of the defenders. And, and you can tell there that that really built confidence for Dripping Springs, even into the overtime. They were still pressing. But, and like I said, but both teams were also kind of struggling too to try to get opportunities. It's like, who's, who's, who's going to want that's going to, who's going to want this more? And it, it kind of, it, it just dragged it a little bit, you know, I think one, I think there's one that did hit like a crossbar. It was close. And, and then going in, I think them going to PKs, I think uh, Dripping Springs was pretty confident on this. I say, Hey, you know, I think we got this. I think we got a quality keeper there and shooters too. And like you saw the end result, which you saw there with them winning, winning in PKs. And um, I'm a little surprised on the, on the miss, you know, I think players need to. I know they want to do the little kind of slow down and. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the approach. Yeah, the approach. You know, something that's something maybe coaches need to work. You know, some have to work on is mm-hmm. have a better approach with the ball. I think he would just just go one yeah. full you know swing yeah, and then. Big, not a big fan of it either, but it's also a heavy influence by the uh, by the pro game, obviously. Yeah, I mean, unless you're gonna palenka the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> which is real difficult to do. Uh, I mean, you know, just place. And like I said, the, all the all the other shots that I saw from PKs, they were quality, you know, right placement, good, you know, good shooting. Um, but yeah, that just that one little mistake really, you know, cause it, I think when I saw when I saw that miss, I, I knew that because you know what, this is, this is, I think Griffin Street is going to take this because they they were very motivated, especially once they made their, you know, 
just the placement of the kicks. There wasn't no pressure on them. They did what they had to do. And and I think that miss also kind of for the other players, even though Allen still made their, their penalty kicks, but it put a lot more pressure on them. And mm-hmm. like I said, they just couldn't recover from after that miss. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, every man Dan's in here. So great question, actually. As coaches, do you think as often we get great stuff from him, but as coaches, do you think teams need to practice uh, penalties before playoffs? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of one of those things where you're practicing. You're making it a point to practice them um, kind of religiously, making it part of your routine during the season, whether it's a district that goes to penalties or does not, where you got to practice those. And some of them can be a little bit more because you have to figure out without practicing them. You also have to figure out your your uh, your your routine and what's going to be your what's going to be the, the your shooters that you're going to call upon. Right. What is your depth chart on that? Because what you'll often find, too, with the interesting thing about penalties is there are great there are great scores in the run of play of a regular match that struggle with penalties. Right. Because it's a set play set all eyes on them and it's a and because it's a set piece up against 1v1 against a goalkeeper in a static position there are some great finishers that struggle with penalties they're not they're just not necessarily great penalty takers and they need to get more of those reps they need to get more of those reps for sure so um <clears throat> and so part of that process is finding out your finding out your depth chart over the course of that season, over the course of the season, definitely when you get into playoffs, got to be practicing those regular. If you're introducing penalties, if you're a district that does not go to penalties uh, over the during the district play, but then you're introducing it for the first time in terms of practice in the postseason, it's like you're going to have some trouble, right? It's something yeah. totally foreign, not part of the routine that you're introducing for the first time. So you definitely have to practice those. Um, but yeah, uh, thoughts on that, Rafa? One thing, like, like for me being, you know, coaching and especially being a goalkeeping coach, you know, one of the things I, especially the the, the ones that we're going to take the PKs, you know, I, I give them little little secrets, tidbits, you know, what to look as far as what the keeper's doing, tendencies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't look at, don't look at them, you know, just kind of, you know, just little different things. But also, you know, during this, like I said, you, you're, as a high school coach, you, you really need to work, start working them, you know, from the start of the season, work on technique. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm not seeing a, a, a whole lot is, is, is good technique as far as the approach of the sh- of the penalty kick. Uh, Dripping Springs showed that they did have good technique on this, and I saw some good things on how they approached mm-hmm. the ball. But what yes. you saw on that, on, that, yeah. on, that, on, on that miss – you can tell he was he was nervous, and I, even me as a coach, like, you know, do I put, you know, who should should he have been the first shooter? You know, usually you want to put your your sniper in the one that, you know, is very confident that's going to put it in right away. Yeah, that's that's a know. whole other conversation, right? Because then, in terms of your your order, right? There's mm-hmm. so many different schools of thought on that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. For me, I like to set the tone right away. And then, right. but on the um, on the flip side, you know, being a goalkeeping coach, I, I tell my keepers to watch the body language, and also to get in their heads too. And mm-hmm. and also, what I've kind of, for me, I've noticed, and what I give taught when I work with keepers, is just looking at the, you know the kind of when this when i look at penalty kicks even watching tv how they angle themselves 
And a lot of the times how the Anglosos will give away where they're going to shoot, you know, and, and the footwork and so forth. And if you teach them little things like that, Mm-hmm. You, most of the times, like I said, I don't know with the keepers I've had. I, and actually, I was in a situation that I needed to stop. Uh, my keeper had to stop the penalty kick to get us in the playoffs or club. And he got into the guy's head. And uh, I, I know he yelled the word keeper before he kicked the ball and the guy shanked it. But, he, but the thing is, there's a psychology part to it as well. Uh, yeah, the plant food usually tell like yeah, Dan, uh, every man, Dan, uh, the plant food usually kind of tells you, but also the angle. Hips. Your, your hips, the hips. And that's something that, like I said, one thing I've been watching, like I said, I do watch a lot, especially on penalty kicks, you know, tendencies of these shooters, how the angle of their hips are. And most of the time that tells you where the ball is going to go. And I, and that's where I tell the keepers kind of see where that, I know even, even the placement of the ball too, because sometimes they like to shoot at certain angles and stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, yeah. I, guess, I say, I guess penalty kicks is a science. You just have to have really good technique as far as approach to the ball. But on right. the flip side with the goalkeeping, yeah. you know, you have to kind of really have know the psychology of it and also know the mechanics of the of the shooter. And then that's going to help you, you know, be able to stop a lot of those kicks yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so much of it really is a, it's a crapshoot, right? It's a roll of the mm-hmm. dice. But what you can control over the course, you know, over the course of a season, over the course of the postseason is your your training, your regimen, your routine, the practice, right? That you can control, right? So, and then some. One of the things that I often do, and why I look, I have a particular depth chart as well. And when we practice those going into games, district games, and also uh, postseason play, is sometimes you have to see which one of your your players in your depth, your depth chart there, are are kind of in form who are looking really good in training on penalties, right? Because sometimes that fluctuates as well. That fluctuates as well. So, um, and then and then you have to then there's always the occasional where you may have to call on someone new if someone else is out, right? If someone's injured, someone's banged up. So yeah, so that's that's a whole we make a podcast dedicated to just that. So great are question. They, are they, great great yeah. question yeah. Thoughts by uh, every man, Dan. Thank you. I think even mental fatigue. I mean, you're playing a double overtime game. You're you're mentally drained, and that's something maybe coaches have to also look into. Like who's who's really you can if if you're making mistakes on the field, that's probably mm-hmm. not the person you want the, them to be taking the penalty kick, and you want someone that's you know still more, more, uh, more uh, you know sh- mentally sharp. That way they can really you know make the placement of the ball and so forth as far as yeah. approaching for those PKs. Right. Right. So. Yep. So this first segment here, as far as looking back at today, is brought to you by our good friends at Gipper. Gipper is the way that schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches, ADs, and programs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. If you do have significant design experience, they are also designed for what they call the power user. They're designed for you in mind as well. So they do. They, you know, they focus obviously in the world of digital graphics, social media graphics. They are the best. We've partnered with them for going on about eight, nine months now, and we love it. Absolutely love it. This is your opportunity for you to join them as well, and they're going to reward you just for being a listener and a supporter of the Fifty Fifty Podcast. You can receive a ten percent. You can receive ten percent off any first time Gipper purchase. Simply visit Gipper.com/partner/fifty-fifty to learn more. Again, that's Gipper.com/partner slash 50 50 to learn more all right great stuff uh that's uh that's a wrap up of today coach we're gonna look at tomorrow 
Uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a good, uh, quick word from our friends at College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we're back, episode 12 of Inside Texas High School Soccer. It is the uh, the Up All Night edition, as we dubbed it uh, at the start. Uh, proud uh, proud, and excited to be here with you after a long day. Uh, yesterday, or today, really ends up being, usually is the longest day of the state tournament, um, with, again, three of the five matches going to double overtime. So now it's time to look ahead to tomorrow, Coach. Championship Saturday. All state, t- all state title games tomorrow, 5A girls, 5A boys, and then followed by 6A, 6A girls, 6A boys. Uh, thoughts before we kind of dive in and look at all of these general thoughts going into tomorrow based upon what you've seen today today and, uh, and yesterday. Uh, tomorrow's like the day of all the hard work you've done since November comes down to this. And you know, sometimes, like I said, does it hurt more to lose in the semifinal or does it hurt more to lose in the final? And that, that runs in, in your mind, you know, coming into this game, you know, and, you know, it, it hurts to be to lose the very last one because you're at, at that grass of, of, you know, winning that, winning the state title. So, and tomorrow's games, they're going to be, they're going to be some, probably four of the best games we're going to have, uh, some interesting matchups. Um and you know we have some teams that you know Cinderella hasn't you know hasn't struck midnight for them yet, and it might it may and the dream may come true for them. You know you know we have a team that you know if you look at Dripping Springs, uh, I think they may be the first team to make the final now for four five uh, A and six A, and then that's back to back years. And I know yeah. it was a heartbreak last year losing to Wakeland. Does does the uh, you know the Cinderella finally get the ball and get the prince you know and and mm-hmm. then win the state title tomorrow against uh, a heavy favorite Seven Lakes? Yeah, you know those are the those are the storylines you know that you come into to these games and so forth. And same yeah. thing with Rich Point, you know Rich Point girls, you know they they got a tough task, you know. And like I said, we'll get into the details of each yeah. of each of the games. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll say it again. I'll repeat it again. Just like I said it yesterday. Uh, didn't say it in Spanish, but. Spanish culture, right? Los finales no se, no se juegan, se ganan, right? So you don't play finals, you win them, right? So meaning you don't, you're not just there to participate and compete, you're there to, to win them, right? So you have to play with not the not the fear of losing it, but playing to win. So very, <clears throat> very, very big day, obviously, for for these programs tomorrow. And uh, yeah, you talk about Dripping Springs, that Dripping Springs story, I mean, if they can complete it tomorrow, you're talking about a pretty historic feat, right? Because they're 
you know, they're, I think, the only the fifth program ever, I think, to fifth or sixth program ever as a four seed, right? As a four seed out of, di out of, out of a district to make it to the state tournament. And now here they are, you know, here they are, they're 80 minutes away from a state title. Right. And, and what's more impressive, so many, I mean, yes, they're, they're well coached. It's a great program, great culture, huge fans of that booster club, right? Just phenomenal community, but <clears throat> excuse me, but Despite all of that, they're, you know, they're making that leap from 5A to 6A. They just played, you know, they were in this exact same situation a year ago, right? Playing in the 5A final uh, versus Frisco Wakeland. And then here they are now a year later, totally different classification with, with the, the, the super big boys in 6A. And they're right back in. And what makes this different, too, was, Coach, they were um, – Early in the year, I think they were what two, two, eight, and one. I think or two, eight, and two. Early in the year, two, eight, and two. Right, and they, and they had a. In, they come in right now, you know, fourteen, eleven, and they came into the state tournament fourteen, eleven, and two, which is not indicative of you know it's not very your prototypical record of a team that's in a state tournament. So this is just on so many levels incredibly impressive. Yeah, I mean, if you. I, if they like I say, if they if they win tomorrow, I think they may be the the first team. Um, I think to win say with double digit losses, you know that's you know if you look at that, you know that you know and the, but they but if you see what they did, you know like I said, they played a really tough schedule and they were in a tough district. They were in the district with the Stephanie six eight champs, which was Lake Travis, and uh, no one really saw them. Conley doing anything and because like I said they went but they've made the best of it but like I said they're using a lot of the experience of what they had from last year and it's rolling over to here and going into this game against Seven Lakes uh, you know they're, they're going to be a very dangerous team for Seven Lakes Seven Lakes you know they had a good game today but they had some little struggles too um, you know you have a team that's has has been at a final they have a coach that's been a final here um you know, especially from last year, you know, they know the, the heartbreak that they suffered last year, how they use that to to bring it home and, you know, and also not to knock off right now, which is the number one team in, in 6A. So it's going to be a bar burner of a game. And I, I can see this one going to, to to overtime as well. And, you know, if it goes to penalty kicks, you know, <laughs> Maybe Cinderella may end up end up carrying that trophy at the end of the night. So, so that's that's gonna. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be one of the best games we're gonna have. You know, for, for yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we'll go ahead. We'll take a take a look at the quick order here. So, game one on the day five five a. Oops, excuse me. Five a girls final eleven a.m. Grapevine versus Frisco. So two. So really quick before we dive into that, I almost forgot. Um, a quick breakdown of these schools in the 5A and 6A finals today. So a quick snapshot, four of these teams from the DFW, DFW area, North Texas, two of these teams from South Texas in Houston, uh, one from the central Centex area in Austin, and then one from West Texas, far West Texas in El Paso. So uh, something to just something to look at. I always like looking at those snapshots, but Again, back to game one, 11 a.m., 5A girls final, Grapevine versus Frisco. Thoughts on this? Uh, this, should be a, this should be a good game, but 
I, I think it's it's great to, uh, great signs great Brian's year to win this one. I know last year they they got knocked off in OT. I think they had it in their grasp, but they, you know Wakeland took it took it from them, and I think they've learned from that. Yeah. Um, you know you know they had a good come from behind win against you know Swinson Valley, and I think they're using that you know I think that momentum to this game. Uh, Frisco, like I said, they they weren't really expected to get you know to make it this far because they weren't the favorite yesterday and. You know, going against Georgetown, who you know playing in their own backyard. You know, there any thought that okay, you know they're going to win this, but Frisco was able to get one in and kind of stymie uh, Georgetown from scoring. And now here, here in this situation, I, I think if they could, Frisco can kind of slow down things, manage those those throw-ins. Uh, like I said, they they can they can they can probably pull on another like it's another upset here. Okay. But great find, I think I think they're. At, you know they're being coached well. They're picking at the, like I said, they're at picking. They've been picking at the right time, and I think also what what they learned from last year. I think if they get a lead, they're gonna know how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the edge. It'll be a, a a good game. I think maybe like a two zero game for 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 Grapevine. Yeah, interesting. The Frisco one, how it how it played out. Um, but yeah, I think obviously they'll be ready. They're they're tested where they you know where they play. Grapevine for sure. I mean, Grapevine is just the the one of those on a mission teams returning to the state state title game, which is hard. That in itself is hard to do one time, let back alone to back. Back, back to back years. And it tells you a lot in terms of the character of the program, the coach, the players. When you can you can overcome that in a defeat, especially in the way that they lost to Wakeland last year, right? Where they had it, they had it, and it slipped through slipped through their fingers, and they're right back they're right back here. Uh, this year, a year later, and they're definitely, I think, a lot of things that they're going to have to tweak, but I think Smithson Valley, Smithson Valley pushed them, tested them, and will probably have them. They'll be probably that much more better prepared because of that Smithson Valley matchup uh, from yesterday. So so that's that'll be game one, 11 a.m., and again, this is the only one we know that will, that will officially start on time. Uh, <coughs> all right, game two. Uh, at approximately 1.30 p.m., the 5A boys final between coming in from far west Texas, El Paso Bel Air versus Frisco, Frisco Lone Star. And what I'm dubbing, I'm going to go out on a limb that this might it's I feel it's this one or the next match after this uh, that. But in terms of styles and how they match up, this has a lot of potential to be our our match of the tournament. Uh, this is definitely worthy of a final uh, thoughts on this one. The, this might be a high scoring game, um, but it's also going to be, who's the one that's going to be able to impose their, their system of play. Uh, you know, just reading from like some of the articles uh, today, about you know, reading what, what happened with Sherry Land, you know, losing to, to Bel Air, like I said, the the players mentioned, even the coaches said it was just very difficult to overcome Bel Air. They just got on the roll when they scored and just never looked back. And it was difficult to adjust to their. And they knew it was coming as far as you know their their play. They just couldn't they couldn't recover from it. And that's what Bel Air needs to do tomorrow is make uh, Lone Star uh, look uncomfortable. And I think Lone Star kind of looked uncomfortable a little bit yesterday. They they got a little frustrated with with yeah. I think Conley really got in their head. And even though very they end up pulling, match, very physical matchup, yeah, yeah. And there were some cards; they got some cards on those games, and there were a little, little some frustration. And 
Uh, like I said, Conley really kind of psychologically got into them, but like I said, Frisco was was Lulster was able to get finally get one in and just kind of didn't look back. But if if that happens again tomorrow, like I said, Bel Air is going to win win this one. It's going to be a tight game, but I, I think if Bel Air just can set the tone. And one thing is they're getting their their, their leading scores back too, so they're going to be right. fresh. Yeah. So so they haven't seen really seen them play yet. Cause they didn't see him in the semifinal. So, they, so as far as how to, how to play them, how to adjust, yeah. you know, good luck. Cause like I said, it's, it, it's difficult when you don't see a player and don't really have right. too much on him, how to, you know, how to, to adjust, you know, to adjust to his play. So I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb on this. So I think, uh, Beller gets the win. They knock off Lone Star. Um, I think this one's going to be a three to two game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be a very entertaining, high-flying game. Uh, physical as well. You know Lone Star is going to want to go physical. And Bel, Bel Air is an interesting one because they can play they can play you finesse-oriented and pass you to death, but they can get physical with you, and they love they love to push. They love to press as well. And they're, you know, we talked about their very, very stingy defense. They've trailed. They allowed their first goal in the state semifinal of the entire state playoffs. And that was the first time they were down in, in a long time. And that lasted all five minutes. And that's kind of what got them going. So different animal in Frisco Lone Star, obviously, but uh, we'll see, I think uh, dynamite matchup here. So our third match of the day, third final of the day uh, uh, scheduled for approximately 4 PM. It'll be the first six, a, um, the first 6A matchup, first 6A final of the day, the 6A girls, as it is Fort Bend Ridgepoint taking on Louisville Marcus. Louisville Marcus, the Marauders, or Flower Mound Marcus, I should say, the Marauders. This is the other one that I feel could potentially have uh, could potentially have a tournament or match of the tournament, match of the you know the state tournament uh, feel to it almost, depending upon we saw what Ridgepoint did today. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I think uh, clearly Marcus is going to be the favorite. Like I said, look, look who they've beaten. Um, like I said, and I think they didn't have. I'm not saying that Woodsford was an easy game, but that you know they were, they got the kind of like the the, the the greater result. So, so that I'm sure their player they're able to rest some players. You know, Ridgepoint and had to go to extra extra time. So, and then like I said, you have to do a quick turnaround. You know, one thing is can can. Um, you know, Marcus, uh, you know, stop this, you know, the speed of Ridgepoint. And I think that's what, that what, that's what hurt, um, uh, Wiley East was their, Wiley. their speed, you know, especially on the wings. And, you know, if they play, if they can play the ball outside and fast and quick, you know, they may be able to do some damage against Marcus. So Marcus is really going to have to defend well there. Um, but also, you know, Marcus, you know, they, if they can kind of, Kind of grind it out, kind of what they did today. Push the ball up, and like I said, they had, had they had great form today. And like I said, are they willing to finish the fight today? Because they're going to be in a fight, you know. And you know, we're going to see who can outlast who. You know, we this could also this could also has potentials to go to overtime as well. You know, just yeah. kind of this depending the speed of the game. You know, can Richport you know out out gas Marcus? You know, wear him out, or mm-hmm. can Marcus just say, hey, you know, we're going to neutralizer speed let's more work on the possession and right. put, uh, get the ball up take shots from outside and that's what i noticed in a lot this is there have been a lot more shots from from outside the 18 that have they've gone in oh yeah yeah you know? so 
you get the keepers have had troubles kind of stopping those plays and whoever has the good, the best better shooting at set pieces, that could also be the difference of who wins this game tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Hey, our good friend, uh, good friend, Mike, my, Mike hoops, Mike Youngblood is in here, uh, catching up. I wanted to shout out to our Texan live cameraman, Dre Matula. I'm assuming that's how you say it, Mike. So we'll give a shout out there to Dre who does the, what do you say in here? The camera, he has the camera on stadium, on stadium screen and on NFHS. So, all right. Great stuff. Great to hear from you, Mike. Hope you're well. Great coverage. Uh, this this guy's done a ton. This guy's done a ton in a short amount of time of having never covered soccer up until a couple of years ago. So, Mike, what you've been doing in a short amount of time, I think it's been fabulous. And uh, what you had in the uh, – <clears throat> That call a couple of weeks ago in the Bridgeland game, what I called was one of the best calls that I've heard in a while. So great stuff. So uh, big thanks to our friend Mike, Mike Youngblood. Uh, And then our final, our nightcap coach, game four of the day, our final match of the season, right? We'll wrap up with this one. 6A boys final scheduled for approximately 6.30 p.m. Katie Seven Lakes versus Cinderella herself, Dripping Springs. Thoughts on I don't I don't know I don't know how you go against Dripping Springs. Granted, I'm the one I picked Katie Seven Lakes to start you know to take it all at the start of the year. I know you know Jimmy Kruger's just going to have them ready. Coach Kruger's going to have them ready. Just phenomenal program, all class. What they're about, you know, and they have. I feel like tonight's match was with Saxy that what got them through that was how much they grew when they were here last year, right in the state tournament as well. And just, you talk about the team, the team on a mission versus maybe a potential destiny darling and dripping Springs thoughts on this one. Yeah, this, this is a kind of your classic Rocky, Rocky versus Apollo here. Um, you know, dripping Springs, like I said, that, you know, they, they had some disappointment last year, making it, you know, buying out in the state tournament. Um, can they finish it off? Uh, you know, it was a grind out with Saski and, you know, maybe that, that is going to help them be prepared for, for tomorrow, you know, cause it, it was a very physical game. It was a real, uh, chi- chippy game too, cause there were some cards. Uh, but also saying also same thing with it, you know, we were dripping Springs versus Allen. It, that was also a little chippy game too. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but something about dripping Springs, you know, they're just, they're, they're on a mission and, I think the heartbreak that they had last year, you know, you know, it's coming. They're using that as motivation, and then also the, them moving up a classification is also another motivation because, like I said, they got stuck in a. Mm-hmm. They were put in a district that normal nobody nobody thought they would, maybe even make the playoffs, you know, because you got you know the you know you have teams like I said you have like Travis you have uh, um, you know. Westlake, you know, and so forth. And, but they were able to, you know, Austin Bowie, we all thought Austin Bowie is going to probably be the team, might be, be here against Seven Lakes, you know. Um, but I think they, they become that mentality monster. I think their focus, they're going to, one thing is they have nothing to lose tomorrow because the yeah. pressure is on Seven Lakes. Talk about and that's money. what's going yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and I, I know Mike mentioned something about you know how will they have the legs. I I, I think even after when they won the PKs, you can tell they were mm-hmm. still they were still energized and and I think yeah. can they carry that over to tomorrow? They they do have to have a really good start. I think they do have to build a lead, and I think they're they they have enough to to defend a lead. 
And mm-hmm. and I think if they get seven legs on, they get they have to get into seven legs head by getting the lead, being a little physical, controlling the game. Um, you know, make them make them making seven legs doubt. Dripping um, Springs will win this game. But if Semilex gets, you know, if they can get hot, like they've done this, like I said, they haven't lost since their first game of the season, and mm-hmm. you know they've been on a roll. And you know, can they can they can they finish this? You know, like so the yeah. pressure's on them. And but I think that's it's also going to be one of the most exciting games too. And as if this goes to PKs, I'm going to favor Dripping Springs because they, you could say, technique wise, as far as taking penalty kicks, they they're they're on it. Yeah. And like I said, they've been on some grinding games, especially in the Region Four game. That they had one game against uh, mm-hmm. one of the overtime games they had. They were able to come back, so it's it's going to be a bar burner. Yeah, I think Semilex will be the favorite, but don't be surprised if Cinderella cashes so, in on cashes in tomorrow. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike mentions in here. So will Drip have the legs? Uh, like 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 Travis get to sleep get to sleep at home and warm up like normal for the championship game. You know, it's a great point from the standpoint of, you know, they're going to have to turn right back around and they have less rest time. They got to turn right back around and play this match approximately 20 hours after they just played tonight. Right. Um, <clears throat> I guess the one the one neutral neutral piece is both teams. Right. Katie Seven Lakes as well went to uh, went to double overtime as well. The difference being obviously penalties. The penalties piece that can kind of work for and or against you. I've seen this before. Right. In tournament play where sometimes the shooters can get into their heads in terms of, hey, we just won in the semifinal, but then they get into their heads in terms of, okay, they saw me, you know, they were scouted tonight. Mm-hmm. Do I, what do I need to show differently, right? Do I need to, do I do the exact same thing? Do I need to now go to the other side in, in the event it somehow goes to penalties again, right? So, so it's not as quick in terms of just because they saw penalties tonight that it's automatically you know drips advantage if it goes to uh, to penalties again tomorrow. Uh, different schools of thought. That's kind of the counter argument there. But but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I agree with you. I think that Katie Seven Lakes, K- Katie Seven Lakes does not necessarily have to get off to a fast start. I think Dripping Springs has to get off to they can get off to a fast start and the score still be zero zero for a, a very long time in this match right um but it's it's not not the score line but what is the match what is it playing out like right is it is it a lot is is dripping springs winning a lot of the 50 50 balls is there a line of confrontation at a certain point and are they pushing are they forcing seven lakes to have to play negative and play backwards right to trying to kind of reestablish possession playing out of the back. These are some of the things. And then set pieces, right? Set pieces, you know, Dripping Springs going into halftime of tonight's match, they they did not have advantage on shots, shots on goal, shots, corner kicks, none of that. And yet they went into halftime tight at one. Um, so that's kind of one of those two where you're kind of, you know, it's 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 a final. It's a final. Anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. So the styles, the styles make the matchups. This will be an interesting one. Katie, though, Katie Seven Lakes, you know, Jimmy Kruger squad, they can, that's a team that they can get hot really quick. And if they do, they can shake loose and they can score. They can score in bunches. They're kind of like, uh, kind of like Bel Air. They can score, they get hot and they just get loose. And then next thing you know, they'll put, they'll put three, four on you really quick, really quick. So yeah, great question. Uh, great question by Mike. Thanks, bud. Uh, 
So yeah, that's going to be our final match of the day. Uh, it'll be Katie Seven Lakes and Dripping Springs for approximately 6.30 p.m. in what will be our final match of, of the season, really. So uh, scores and predictions, Coach. Let's go back to the beginning. Game one, Grapevine, Frisco, 6A girls. I think Grapevine was on 5A girls. 5A girls, I think Grapevine was on, I think, uh, maybe 3-1. 3-1, okay. Bel Air, I know you gave them on some of these, but I'm just going to go through these again. Uh, Bel Air, 5A boys, El Paso, Bel Air, Frisco, Lone Star. 3-2, uh, Bel Air. 3-2, Bel Air, okay. 6-8 girls, Fort Bend, Ridgepoint, and Flower Mound, Marcus. Marcus was this one, 2-1. Uh, 2-1. No OT in this? No double OT in this? Um, it, possibly. But I, I think I think Marcus kind of sees it. I think they need to win this in, in, in regulation. Yeah. I think Rich Point knows how to win an extra time, and, and they they have that momentum for that. Like I said they have that bad taste in the mouth from last year. So okay. Marcus Marcus needs to kind of squash it right there in the in the, in the, in the yeah. eighty minutes and get it I done. Think- I think given what I saw today from Rich Point and their style of play and defensively, and how Marcus is playing right now. I have a hard time see. I have a hard time seeing Marcus only score two goals. I can see a lot more than now. Don't get me wrong. Maybe it's three. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but the way they're playing right now, the question is how how can Ridgepoint come back? Right? How many? What can they do in the attack offensively against Marcus's uh, defense? That I think that's the key question. Right. So, all right. And then our final one: Katie Legs and Dripping Springs. This uh, I'm gonna give the you know a little heartbreak for for uh, for Cinderella. I think I think Seven Lakes gets it done. Um, I give it a, a three to a three to one. Four to one, like every man Dan. Seven Lakes, he has no four, the three. Four, to one. four to one. I give so. it. I give it three to one. Yeah. All right. He says. He says, but he hopes he's wrong. I hope he's wrong. <laughs> All now, right. if this game now if this game goes to overtime, here's here's the thing with, the, with, with, with what I think the I, honestly, if Ripstern is going to win this game, they need to get into Seven Lakes' head. You know, mm-hmm. put doubt. I and and I saw a little bit of that today because Sasky scared them because they thought when Sasky scored, I can I said for a few. They were very vulnerable for until they until that they scored in overtime, and I can tell they were doing a lot of kind of little mental mistakes. And that's the thing. Who can have the less mental mistakes as after a school scored on them? You know, the, they fall apart right away, and that's when they get the bunches of goals, like you mentioned, maybe some of the teams might do. Or do they hold, stay strong, and able to maintain it and go on and get that and, and, and get that goal, you know, and get that winning goal? So if Drippy Streets can get in their head, I think I think they can win this game because they've been there, done that. But I think this is a seven lakes. I think the they have. I think they have enough to to get by it in, in regulation with the three to one win. Mike with the uh, the homer call of the day. The Tigers by a million. So I don't know if they can get to a million coach uh, a million Mike, but we'll see. So great stuff. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, that's going to do it for a segment. There, looking ahead to tomorrow's final day of the season. So segment brought to you by our good friends at Global Scarves. Uh, For those of you that may know, we just partnered with Global Scarves recently, about six weeks ago, and they are the top provider of custom knitted scarves, beanies, and other fan merchandise. They really do do great products. Uh, Our representative there, Kyle Wall, he's the uh, Southern States representative 
phenomenal guy, phenomenal company. L please look them up. Uh, all merch is fully custom with free design services and free shipping on all orders. You can contact them at info at globalscarves.com. Again, that's info at globalscarves.com to get any free designs or quotes built out for your school or club. Simply use use the code uh, hashtag 5050pod or just mention the podcast, the 5050podcast, and they'll be sure to take care of you. So, all right, coach, that's uh, that's it, man. That's going to do it for uh that's going to do it for for tonight. We got uh, one more show to go tomorrow. Uh, final thoughts or stoppage time. Final thoughts, messages, thank you, shout outs, anything. What's on your mind? Just uh, Bucket Smancha, congratulations to Hidalgo for winning the state title today. And then tomorrow we get to crown four more. Um, I know the players out there who are, are advanced to the finals on their, their back in the hotels kind of get some rest, get some sleep, you know, live, live the moment. Like I said, it's it's hard to get to the, especially to this game, and um, it's hard to get sleep the night before. Sleep, man. yeah, that yeah. too. So use your uh, lavender oils or <laughs> eucalyptus to kind of calm you down, and or light light some candles just to you know, to relax you. Do some yoga or tai chi. You know, yeah. to get you prepared for tomorrow. But you know, just like I said, regardless of the results, like I said, just live the moment, enjoy it. Have fun. Um, like I said, it, it, there's very few select uh, players can can get or teams get to this point. And you should be very proud of their accomplishments to get to the very last day of high school soccer for Texas and, and you get to play it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Every man Dan here with a comment, a compliment to uh, to the boogeyman, the Kukui and in Saxe, uh, forwards were killing the Seven Lakes defense all second half. Some very good play. Yeah, yeah, no doubt they're they're uh, they're the real deal. So, and uh, we got Mike in here. So played really well. Saxe played really well. Regional two sectional final. Really, yeah, I agree. Sharp squad. Well done. So great stuff. Awesome. So my uh, I guess my final uh, my final thought of the day uh, for today and is just really kind of echoing a little bit of what you talked about is the, you know, to all our, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone's going home tomorrow. Right. So our four, a squads, we've crowned two state champions now. So congratulations to both, uh, both Salina and Hidalgo. So we've crowned two, we got a couple more to crown tomorrow, but everybody, everyone that's made it a state. So from the coaches to obviously the student athletes, to the trainers, the administrators, Everybody that makes it happen, uh, the uh, the Tasco reps that are out there as well covering it, and you know, the even you know even the media, hopefully the grow, growing larger growing independent media. If we can have UIL continuing to be open to allow more and more the independent media to cover uh, cover the state tournament, I think everybody wins in terms of being able to grow the sport and ultimately getting more people to the event, make it an actual event because it really is as I call it, a, a festival of football, right? That's really what it is. And <clears throat> it's been entertaining. We've seen some phenomenal goals. We've been treated to some great games. And I think it, it'll all culminate, culminate tomorrow. And, <clears throat> excuse me, as we mentioned, um, tomorrow, so tomorrow we'll be, we'll be coming to you approximately 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes or so after the, uh, the whistle, the final whistle of the final game. So look, look forward to that. We'll be putting that out there. We ask that you please join us. Uh, thank you tonight to uh, those that joined us. Uh, Everyman, Dad, Mike as well, Mike Youngblood, uh, 
but our supporters, our listeners, again, you can find us on social media, on Twitter and on Twitch at 50 underscore 50 pod. You can also find us on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast and on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Go on there on YouTube in particular, subscribe, sign up for notifications and uh, just kind of spread the word. Twitch is the one that we're trying to grow slow, <laughs> slowly. That's a, it's a little tricky one, but uh and Rafa, where can they find? Tell us a little bit more on the San, the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable as well. Yeah, San Antonio Roundtable. You can find us here on, there on Twitter, uh, SATX Soccer. Also, you can find us on on Facebook. Uh, that's where I do a lot of my live streaming games. Uh, we're also on YouTube, uh, Twitch, uh, Instagram, and also follow our our second show too. We have the SAFC Fancast, which we host on Sunday, usually on Sundays. And we're on the same platforms too. That's our recap for all, all, everything at San Antonio FC, which they have a big game tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow against the, the the final rematch from last year from November against right. the City. So should be a fun game. Should be a fun game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, and what? Oh, I almost forgot. And one thing we did mention her earlier, but one more time, give her a big shout out, uh, Marcus uh, Marcus Stud that had a phenomenal game in the state semifinal today. Bella Campos with two goals. Big supporter, uh, big supporter of the podcast. So anytime we can get one of those, one of the one of our athletes that's a big supporter of the podcast, we'd like to shed some light on that. So congratulations, Bella. Best of luck tomorrow in your final to you and your teammates as well. So, yeah, um, great stuff, great stuff. So Mike chiming in here. I know he mentioned the Q2, the Q2 hosting the tournament, but we'll save that one for another day. Uh, but yeah, Mike, uh, great show. Glad to get caught up on what had happened uh, today. So, yep. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. always appreciate you for sure. So for our listeners, for our supporters, thank you again. You're the reason why we do it. Join us tomorrow for what will be, you know, it's kind of a, it's a bittersweet, right? Cause we get to celebrate champions, crown champions, but it's also, it's our last day of the season. The season comes to a close tomorrow. Uh, with Katie Seven Lakes and Dripping Springs. So uh, we look forward to it. Let's have some fun. But until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.